a lot of times what we do is that we bypass our feelings, our the mm-hmm. impact that our parents, you know, actions had on us. And we're just like, well, no, they they were just doing the best that they could with, you know, what they had. Or, you know, that's just how mommy is. Or, you know, they just like had it really, really hard, you know, coming to this country. You know, it's just kind of how they, they grew up. Yes. And you still are hurt. They still did something or, you know, created a situation that really impacted you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Wait Hold Up, a podcast where we talk to homegirls, experts, and others to help us live our most authentic lives. I'm Jessica. I'm Yarel. Jess, uh, how is it going for you? Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. It has been a rough week for me, y'all. I had a stomach bug, and I don't think I had one that was that bad since I was like in high school. So I've been like going through it. Oof, I have been going through it. I, um, but thankfully I'm on the other side and literally (laughs) figuratively in every way. Um, So that makes me feel really good and really happy. I'm just trying to like hydrate my and get my life. Um, I actually went today and got an IV, um, Mm. uh, for like a bunch of vitamins and to hydrate. So it was like saline and all of that stuff. Um, something super bougie, you know, but I was like, I need to because I have a yeah. lot going on this weekend. And I took a little TikTok video of it. So I'll post it on our TikTok, on our way up TikTok. So y'all can just see a little snippet of what the experience looks like. And, and of course, I will keep you posted on how I feel after it um they told me to wait till tomorrow so maybe in like the next couple of episodes i'll let y'all know if it was like worth it go for it but i've heard people who do it after they've had really bad hangovers um mm-hmm. so i didn't feel that way because i was partying y'all but um <laughs> i was like dead so i'm really glad to be to be back <laughs> i know you were going through it it was like i'd always whenever i think about flus i'm always like oh um, like the movie, I don't know which one it is. Like, I think it's the Dever Wars Prada that it's like, I'm just a flew away from my ideal weight of losing <laughs> three pounds. I've been waiting to lose. lose three pounds. Can this you week. feel that way? Yeah. Away. Yes. Okay. But I know that all of that crap is going to come back because it's Memorial Day weekend and I'm going to, I'm also, I'm literally only eating bread right now and applesauce and bananas and rice because, like, that's like the brat diet that you're right. supposed to have to, like, ease your stomach back so I am so freaking hungry I'm like I get to eat all this bread but I don't want it anymore I'm like right, I, right. Want to, I want a taco I want flavor um so I I know that that like three pounds that I lost that I like I have been trying to to lose some weight like it's just it's, it's a joke but I'm like not even gonna think about it I'm just happy yeah, to be feeling it's better. okay right you're feeling better you're you're looking great that's all that matters you got all those vitamins in mm-hmm. um, it's so crazy because when you said that, that you're gonna get the iv drop i had a pack of these of these um shots that in mexico are very popular they're called bedoyectas which uh-huh. is like 12 shots they hurt like a, they hurt a lot because it's they, they put them on your butt so yes. i yeah they're but they're heavy like really heavy because it's a the shots you're supposed to get them like every three days and I don't, I just get them like once when I'm feeling like, Oh, I need like a boost. Yeah. And 
Um, and it's so funny because I'm like, oh my gosh, Jess is going to like get IV drop and I'm getting these Bedoyecta shots that I brought from Tijuana. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Yarel, are you sure that what is in them is is actually I a beetle? So. I mean, I hope. <laughs> I know. You're, at, you're like secretly a mule. Like, my ass is on fire right now, but you know, we're good. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's why you kept saying like, I'm taking a B12 shot. And I was like, where is your yes. going to get a B12 shot? Right. And I didn't realize it was just in your own personal pharmacy. Yeah. So, yeah. I, know. When I, I got you. I'll make sure to bring you a little box next time I go to Tijuana. <laughs> you know what? I think I might be good. <laughs> just kidding. I'm actually all for it. Although that sounds like it will hurt, but I'm down. I'm down. How do you feel after you take the B12? Energized. Super energy. Um, uh, feel really good. I mean, it, I think it happens a lot too. Like it's, it's not like automatically it's like in a few hours, usually the day after, like just energized, um, just feel good. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if it's like the, it has like, it has B12. It has a lot of B12 and then it has a bunch of other vitamins as well. So <laughs> what else, what else? I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, come through I, from, uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Just yeah, I don't. I don't. I'll let. I'll let you. I'll let you know, and then I'll send yes. you. I'll, I'll make sure to to share it with everybody what it is. Maybe maybe someone can tell me. Like yo, there you you need to stop because this is what's oh, really thank without going. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm, but I do think that all of this is, you know, if you've been following us long enough, you know, Yarel and I are definitely more on the holistic side of things. Yes. We do try to whether it comes to our mental, physical, spiritual, everything. Um, we want to get to the root of things, right? And we want to also address issues in a more natural way if possible. Granted, yeah. if we need to go to a doctor, we're not afraid to go to a doctor. That is yeah. very, very important. And I do believe in the power of medicine. Um, mm -hmm. There's a whole episode about me taking antidepressants, if, in case you're curious about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that what I love is that I have you as a friend that when I'm going through things, like I know you're always your first recommendation is going to be something super holistic <laughs> and <laughs> something that I'm like, okay, you probably have that in the back of your closet. Like, let me come over and get it. Um, but, but that also really falls in line with, with today's episode because we have the, we had the opportunity to speak to Josie Rosario and she's a licensed therapist and she is just, an amazing, amazing woman, but she mm. speaks so much about getting to the heart of mm. what it is that affects you personally, that affects your family, that has affected you, um, your family lineage for generations mm. from such mm -hmm. a holistic approach of just starting with acknowledgement, recognition. And yeah. it's just amazing because you could tell that this is a woman who has done the work and yeah. it has been committed to her journey. Um, mm -hmm. And not only to her own journey, she talks about having gone to therapy with her mom as well so that she, they can heal the trauma um, that, you know, that is, is just being passed down generation to generation. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited for y'all to hear this conversation because Josie is a powerhouse. Um, and to give you a little bit more context, she specializes in helping racialized folks break trauma cycles and realign with their soul's purpose. Outside of that role, she is also the founder and CEO of The Healing Strategy, a business coaching company exclusively for mental health therapists. 
She identifies as a black Dominican-American bilingual and bicultural cisgendered heterosexual woman. She's also a two-time graduate of Columbia University and graduated with distinction from the School of Social Work. Um, she is just damn, this woman wow. who's amazing. I know, amazing. right? Like, yeah, just like her resume. Like, damn, Josie, okay. I must tell you that when we did, we recorded this episode a while back and mm -hmm. I had stopped going to therapy. I started therapy mm -hmm. a few years ago and I would be, I was like on and off, on and off, not very consistent. I was jumping, you know, I was kind of like testing wa the waters with different therapists. Yeah. And I finally feel like I found someone earlier this year after we recorded this episode because the, talking to her really it pushed me and moved me into being like on it about my mental health with mm. the therapy that I would that that I wanted. And it was I, I would hear it so much from other people, right? Like you gotta find the perfect, find your own, find your therapist, someone that you can mm -hmm. connect with, someone that understands you, that is let it, that is connected to also like culturally, right? right. Like say things that have to do with culture or with family or with things that I, I grew up with and they can't understand. Um, and I've been so consistent. I've been seeing my therapist at least twice a month since the beginning of the year. And I must say it was, I was moved by having this conversation with Josie. Wow. That's awesome. I actually am currently in the reverse where I need to find a new therapist and when I was editing this episode, I was like, okay, you're right. Yes, I need to go back. I need to commit. <laughs> because there is a line that she says in this episode that shook me to my core when I heard it again. And it is, am I just consuming my healing or am I integrating my healing? Mm. And, and, and I was just like, wow, like you, you got me there. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Literally. I'm like, you have called me out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that definitely, um, made me realize, okay, girl, you gotta get your ass back to therapy. So for everyone listening, if you want to hear someone explain what generational trauma is and how to identify that, talk about what boundaries are and how to implement them with your own, in, within your own family relationships. And also to even start that question and that work of like, okay, am I really, do I know what it means to do the work? And am I ready to get into that process? Yeah. Um, and you are in for a treat. This episode with Josie is amazing. We will stop talking and we will get into it. We hope that y'all enjoy. Josie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We have been following uh, everything that you've been doing for community and everything in your career. And it's just really nice to finally connect with you virtually. How's everything going? How's life? Life is good. Life is, is busy, but you know, all in all, life is good. Definitely very grateful, you know, for work, for health, my family's health, you know, and that I can still do the work, you know, that, that I'm meant to do in this lifetime. And so I'm deeply, deeply grateful. Amazing. Yes. Let's get into that work. And I already am like, Ooh, this conversation is going to be good because you said lifetime and that just tells me there's like millennia and all that going on in your mind. So I'm like, I am ready for this one. I would love to, you know, just 
No, I know that you've been working in community for years. You know, you were first a social worker, you were an assistant principal, you've worked in the classroom, and now you are a licensed social worker and a therapist, a healer. You know, I think that there could be many words used to describe you. And I'm really curious, you've always, you've said that serving others in your community is in your blood. What does that mean to you? Yeah, such a good question. You know, so I'm Dominican American, you know, grew up, you know, grew up poor, working class, immigrant household, immigrant community in Washington Heights here in New York. And so, you know, I, I distinctly remember as a kid growing up, you know, my mom, my parents divorced when I was young. And so, you know, it was just like my mom, my brother and I, you know, my grandmother was between here and DR. But, you know, it was just the three of us. Uh, me, my brother, and and my mom, but there were always people at the house, right? And what used to happen is that when people would come from DR, you know, they would stay at our house for however long they needed to stay to kind of, you know, get up on their feet. And once they were able to have work, you know, get work or find a place to stay, you know, that was a little bit more permanent, then they would go. You know, and that's just something that has, you know, always been like just etched in my heart that, mm-hmm. you know, my mom always says, you know, donde comen uno, comen tres, you know, where one person mm. eats, three people can eat. And so, you know, we are just, um, this service is just at the center of everything that we do, that that they've done. You know, I my grandmother's now 87. I'm so blessed, you know, to, to still have her with us. But, you know, she will tell you stories, you know, of mm. how she came to this country. And, you know, it was like a system, you know, once you get here, then, you know, you're going to ask for such and such and such and such is going to help you. And then, you know, the the next person or the next home that you're going to go to, you know, this is Mm. what's going to happen. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. again, it's just service has just been at the center of everything. So of course it was no wonder that when I graduated college and I was trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? You know, I went into the service field. I love how how those things are interconnected and how, you know, I relate to your story so much coming from, you know, a family as well, where everybody came to this country, my, my parents, my uncles, and then one came and then they brought the others. And it was a sense of community that was built around everything we did, you know, uh, and, and it's so beautiful to see that so many people, then that becomes a huge part of their purpose, right, of their passion, of, of what they decide their life work to be. You said that you come from a lineage of healers. Can you share with us a little bit about what that entails? Like what is what is it that you refer to? Yeah. So my maternal line, they have metaphysical gifts, meaning that they are, you know, clairvoyant, they can feel things, they can hear things. And you know, growing up, I kind of felt, you know, there were like some metaphysical things happening around me, but definitely I was very sheltered from that. You know, they definitely shielded me from that. And so in recent years, you know, I am formally training as a couples and family therapist. So, you know, I, anything and everything that has to do with relationships, with family, with lineages, with generations, I am like all up in it. I will ask you all the questions. (laughs) And so obviously doing this work, I have, you know, you know, just like asked my family a lot of questions and that leads to other questions. And so, you know, just around the time that I started to remember my own metaphysical gifts, 
you know, was when I started to train in, in family therapy. And so, you know, I was remembering things. I would hear things. I would just kind of get downloads. I would be with clients, therapy clients, and I would just like know things. It's just like, you know, what do you do with that? You know, it's very much like, oh shit, mm. what is happening? So yeah. it just kind of happened at the same time. I didn't know that it was a download. I didn't know that I was channeling. But again, because everything was happening at the same time, I'd be like, mommy, you know, has this happened to you? Or, you know, I had this dream and such and such name came up. And my mom, my mom was like, what? You know, this is like someone from like that. I was Damn. a kid when she was alive. Yeah. I haven't spoken to you about this person. You know, so my grandmother is now, you know, she is Christian. And so she's very much like, yo no hablo de eso, you know, very much um, like I'm not talking about this. But, you know, if I ask the right questions, she'll definitely tell me stories. <laughs> and it is, you know, just beyond a shadow of a, thought, of a doubt that, you know, my maternal line is has gifts. And now I am remembering my own gifts. And so that's something that I am a thousand percent now integrating into my work as a therapist. I'm so curious what that looks like, because as someone who is a big fan of therapy and I'm just imagining like sitting across from my therapist and I already feel like she knows something I don't know, you know, because you do go to your therapist, like you got the answers because I don't have yeah, them. Yeah, give them to me, right. And, and now I'm wondering, like with you, is it that you feel like you kind of get the answers for your clients when you're in that moment? And then how do you approach that information? Because I'm sure, you know, depending on what you're getting, it could be either things that you like know that they need to hear, but you're like, you, you can't hear this. You're not ready. For yeah. 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 All of that. All of that. So what does that look like? So I can tell you what it has looked like. And because it's interesting that we're talking about this now, because, you know, my work is shifting just like drastically. Mm-hmm as I've kind of like put all the pieces together and I'm just like, fuck this. I'm doing the work that I'm meant to do again in this lifetime. So before, as I shared, you know, I would be sitting across, you know, my clients or obviously, you know, now virtually. And again, I would just like know what it was that they weren't saying, you know, and it's, mm. it's not because they were like purposefully withholding information. It's just that, uh, you know, sometimes things are out of your awareness, you know, so you don't know mm. what you don't know. And so, you know, my particular gift is around really being able to help people see their shadows, right? And so, you know, I, I am I'm really good about kind of just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And I work with spirit guides. I work with my spirit guides. And so, you know, they would like whisper things in my ear, like this has to do with past life stuff, right? Or, you know, this has to do with like, a dad, you know, the, the person's dad or the person's parent, right? And so again, for a while, I would hear things. I would just like know things. I just did not. I was just like, oh, I'm just intuitive. Like, I'm just good like that. You know, (laughs) again, I was not Mm -hmm. putting two and two together. And so last year, last summer, I ended a long-term relationship. And, you know, this is typically how it happens, right? Like, Like everything will be crumbling around you and then you have like a spiritual awakening. And that's precisely how it happens for me. You know, it was, you know, I'm like a breakup. It wasn't like messy or anything like that, but you know, it's hard, you know, I was grieving mm-hmm. for a long time. and still am to, to a certain degree, but I don't know. A friend was like, oh, have you like heard of like past lifetimes? I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? But I was definitely like something in me was like, aquí hay algo, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. intrigued. And so 
I did, I did this meditation. I was able to go into a past lifetime. I was like, what the fuck is this? But this makes so much sense because of like all these other things that have happened to me. That's where I met my spirit guides. And then I started to develop a meditation practice and then started to re- develop a relationship with, with my own spirit guides. And, you know, I have a team. We all have a team. Mm-hmm. But I have a team that, that supports me with my business, that supports me with the healing work that I do. And so what's happening is that I'm going to start doing energy readings and healings. Um, that's going to happen in, in the next couple months. And that's literally just re- reading your energy centers. You know, every reader, every energy reader has kind of like their own like sauce, their own style. Mm-hmm. Whenever I read energy, the information that I extract is almost always around trauma, around shadow, around family stuff. You know, those types of anchors where, you you know, if you go to a medical intuitive, they're going to pull stuff from like your body, literally what's inside your body. Yeah. So that's where my work is going. And later on in the year, I'm going to be starting to do one-on-one work. So literally it's like therapy plus like energy healing. You know, we would pull information from your energy centers and then in like a three to six month container, really tangibly in a human way, work through, you know, those blocks that, that are keeping you from fulfilling your life purpose. That makes sense. Sometimes I talk about these things. Yes, it does. That sounds so dope. At first, I was like, I don't know if I would want my therapist to know this much about me, right? Like, I'm thinking about it, right? And and as you're talking, I'm like, oh, but those are actually all the answers that I know deep down that I would want to get to. And it's this idea that you mentioned of past lives and not only that, but the trauma that lives in us that we individually may not have experienced, but that our ancestors have experienced. Mm. And I know that we've been hearing generational trauma so much more in the past year, but it's still something that I think a lot of us are very confused by because it doesn't feel like we're all still figuring out like our connections to our ancestors. This is also something that we're talking more about in the in most recent years. So can you explain exactly what generational trauma is like? And, and I guess like how we can even start to explore. Yeah, past tap traumas. into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So the way that I describe trauma is like too much, too fast. Right. I eat COVID. <laughs> you know, it's like one day you're at your job, the next day you're home like forever. Right. So that's how I think about like trauma. And so when we talk about generational trauma, um, intergenerational trauma, right, there are different uh, phrases or, you know, different language that people use. When you think about epigenetics, right, that's like trauma that is literally passed down in our in our DNA, you know, and, and if we are people of color, people that were brought to this country or made their way to this country, not out of our own wanting or doing, then, you know, we tend to have trauma literally embedded in us. So it's pretty much this trauma that's been passed down, you know, by, uh, you know, uh, through generations. And so, you know, I think that sometimes people think about trauma and they're just like, oh, shit, it's like the big bad thing. And, you know, like there, there's like big trauma. Right. But there's mm-hmm. also other instances of trauma that, you know, are a little bit more subtle. You know, I think about the one that I talk a lot about is, you know, vulnerability and strength as, as women. Right. Mm. I, you know, my, my mom is like 
don't fuck with her. Like that's her energy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Like loving woman, but like come correct and don't come at all. Like that is the mm-hmm. woman that my mom is, you know. And if you meet my grandmother, you know, she's a little bit older, so she's just you know she's a little softer. But a hundred percent, that's how my grandmother is as well. That makes sense, you know, given their their trajectory, you know, given that they had to come to this country, did not know the language. They had to figure it out. They they were they were exploited. You know, you know, my mom came to this country, you know, without my dad. My dad came much later. So, again, just like thinking just about all the trauma that that happens, uh, that, that people who immigrate to a new country experience, because, again, too much, too fast. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, to survive, the women in my family did, they literally just did not have the luxury of feeling their feelings. They couldn't because they had mm. to survive. Stopping to take a day off. It's like, what is that? We don't mm. do that. We go to work. We provide for our kids. We make sure that you are clothed and fed. And we keep it pushing. Literally, yeah. the women in my family, the people in my family just did not have, you know, the, the space, right? They couldn't give them, themselves the permission to feel feelings. So crying, what? You know, my mom, I remember in my early 20s, I was like going through some breakup. And, you know, like I was like devastated, you know, and mommy was like, that bueno, ya. like that's it. You know, it's been three days. Get over wow. it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Is, this, yeah. is there like a quota for sadness? <laughs> like, like I can only like, ya be sad yeah. yeah. You know, ya, you know, basta. <laughs> and so, but again, that's that's tied to... Hmm. They didn't have that. They couldn't. You know, yeah. she wasn't trying to be a bitch. It's just she didn't have a reference. It was a luxury for feeling. Right. right. Yeah. You know, so of course, who ended up being really like, you know, just really hard on the outside, you know, and not really having a relationship with vulnerability. This girl right here. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, of course, that that's what I saw. That was what was modeled for me. That's what I thought strength was. Right. You keep it pushing. You keep going, you figure out a way if there isn't one. And so, you know, I've had to unlearn a lot of that. You know, the tropezones obviously have helped along the way. But, you know, the therapy, I have my own therapist. I've had my therapist for many, many, many years, something like 10 years at this point, Um, you know, on and off working with different therapists. But it's a lot of unlearning, right? And really, and I think this is true of, of folks that are bicultural, you know, I think that a lot of times we don't give ourselves the permission to take, to embrace the things from, from our parents' culture, or even from the culture that we grew up in and, and reject others. Right. Mm-hmm. So I am very grateful that I am a hustler. Like I'm going to make shit work. I got that from the women in, in my family, but the things that I'm not going to take with me, that I'm not going to pass on to my kids that I just don't embody is this idea that crying is a weakness, that feeling your feelings mm-hmm. is bad, that if you go to a therapist, I mean, mommy is a little bit better about that now. But you know, when when I first told her I was going to therapist, she's like, para que, you know, like, you know, you can talk to me. <laughs> yeah, da, 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 da. You know, mommy is much better. We've been to therapy together and all of that. But at the beginning, it was just like, eso pa lo loco. Exactly. Mm. It's like, this mm-hmm. not so much works. taboo. Mm-hmm. So much, so so many. Like I, th- yeah, I, I think about the same thing when I told my parents that I was going to therapy, and I, I, I kind of let it out. Very like, oh, you know, I was just out with a therapist this morning, and they were like, ¿Qué, qué? 
why? why? Are you okay? I'm like, do you, what's going on? We can take you to Mexico to, to someone we know over there. And I was like, gosh, it's just like, I actually am enjoying it. And it's been so helpful. So I, I think so many of us can relate, can resonate with that feeling. And you touched upon two things, Josie, that, that I feel are so important. I love that you shared that about like our parents, sometimes not feeling our feelings, because lately, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the idea that we don't even know a lot of us, what our parents wanted to be when they grew up, right? Like we are kind of uh, direct reflections Absolutely. of the things that they achieved, but also of the things that they couldn't achieve. Like, oh, yeah. recently I asked my mom, like, you know, mommy, what did you want to be when you grew up? And she was like, no sé, like, yeah. uh, I just wanted to leave my town and be married, I guess. And I'm like, really? That's what you wanted? She's like, I, she's like, maybe a teacher. And then I started thinking about like all these things. I'm like, damn, we never take that time to sit back because our parents don't have the time to, didn't have the time to mm. dream like that, to feel like the way we're feeling now, to like achieve all these things. And all these repressed emotions get passed down to us somehow, some way. And, you know, my question Absolutely. for you, Josie, with that is how do we identify this trauma? Like, how do we uh, acknowledge it? How do we find it in ourselves and in our families? Yeah, I think everything begins with awareness, like as corny and like non like exciting, you know, as that sounds. I think that everything starts with awareness, which is why I'm so excited and just feel so honored to kind of be doing this work, right? When I started in private practice um, two years ago, you know, almost everyone in my practice was coming to therapy for the first time. That's huge. Mm. You know, yeah. my practice is 100% people of color. You know, so, so these, are, these are folks that look like me, that sound like me, and they're like, hey, right, I want to have a different experience in my life. You know, and so I think that it is really important to kind of build this awareness, you know, that there are a lot of people now on social media, for example, obviously that's a really big platform. Folks talking about like, hey, you know that thing that you're feeling? It has a name. You know mm -hmm. that other thing that you're feeling? There's a, you know, like there, there's another experience available to you, right? You don't, you don't, you no longer can just um, sit back and say, bueno, that's just the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no more right and so I think that a lot of that starts with awareness starts with you know wanting to have that awareness wanting to explore curiosity does wonders for so many things right but being curious you know and, and thankfully now in 2021 and beyond there's just so many resources so many you know platforms where you can start to to ask questions, you can start to kind of apply what you're reading even before you say, okay, I want to go to therapy or, you know, I want to work with a coach or, you know, whatever other type of like healing mod modality you, you know, you want to, you want to take on. And so, so yeah, I would say that it really starts with awareness and, and being really curious, you know, and sometimes that can feel really scary. And also, uh, you know, what I tell folks is that, especially those of us who's uh, you know, family immigrated from another country. It's like, what did they come here for? Like, I'm not trying to guilt trip mm. you. And also, you know, they came because they wanted to give you a different experience. Are you maximizing that? You know, mm. are you really taking advantage of the things that our parents, our families just couldn't do, right? My grandmother's like at the center. She's like my, my biggest why. You know, when I think about all the trabajo that she had to like, you know, go through when she came here. It's like, yeah, 
I'm going to leave a legacy. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that my kids know how to love and know love, right? Yeah, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm building generational wealth and I'm blasting through these money stories that mm-hmm. just keep us broke. Not doing it. Because for me, and, you know, again, I'm not trying to apply pressure to anyone, but for me, the way that I say, Wela, thank you, is by doing and being better. It's not by buying her house. I mean, sure, if I could, I would. But, you know, (laughs) that's really how I say thank you. That's how I show my gratitude is by doing and being better. Mm, Amen. Yeah, I think that's amazingly powerful. And I think that's a lot of what even this season for us is about, right? Is about like the ways that we can empower ourselves to make the best moves for our community in thinking about the sacrifices that people have made for us. But I also know that in that process, there's a lot of guilt. And there's a lot of struggling with expectations because mm-hmm. even to the idea that you, you know, I, you both were speaking of, which I know is very prevalent in the community of like going to a therapist and the taboo that's associated with it. So in part, it's like trying to do what your parents want of you, but also knowing that they may not know what's best because they didn't mm-hmm. come and have the opportunities that you now have and, or the information and everything like that. So I know that for a lot of people, it's still like figuring out that dance of like, I know this is what's best for me, but I'm getting so much pushback. I'm getting so much, you know, grief from my family. And I'm trying to say, this is for us. This is for the future, but they're not getting it. And how do you like speak to people who are trying to like work through trauma, but experiencing that resistance from the people who like, they're like, I'm trying to help (laughs) y'all, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know that's that's a great question. Boundaries, you know? And again, like I, I get the the push and the pull, right? Where it's just like I know this feels good. I feel like I'm learning some things, I'm I'm getting somewhere, but like el que dirán, like what are people gonna say? What are people gonna think? What is my family gonna think? You know, it's not uncommon to think, you know, am I gonna belong? Am I am I mm. not gonna belong to my family? anymore because you know I'm airing my dirty laundry or you know I'm telling people you know particular you know someone who isn't part of the family you know kind of what's going on or or what I went through and I think that you know you you have to hold both ends right it's it's the both and instead of the either or Mm. and I think that you know in doing that is acknowledging that you know your your belonging is not contingent on you know, the, the, your family rules, right? And if, if that is how you feel, then then there's a little bit of work to, to, to do there. You know, mm-hmm. I also think about boundaries, you know? If, if someone isn't really supportive of your healing process, then, you know, you have to really think, is this someone, is this someone who's part of my team right now? You know, mm-hmm. do I have to tell these people, this person, that this is what I'm doing? Right. And it's not about keeping secrets or, you know, secrecy or anything like that. It's really about, you know, when I think about boundaries, I think about and I got this from an online coach. I can't remember her name. But, you know, I think of of boundaries as like what conditions need to exist for. Yes. A lot of people think of boundaries as like no limits. Like I'm just going to create a little box and you're not going to get in this box. No, I don't don't think of boundaries. I was like, what needs to exist for a yes. So in this situation, you know, 
who do I need to have in my corner? Who do I need to have in my support system? What needs to happen for me to feel good as I go through this healing journey as I'm Mm -hmm. in therapy? And, you know, sometimes that may mean not telling the people closest to you. And Mm. that that sucks, Mm. you know? And that's also a reality. That doesn't mean that you love them less. That doesn't mean that they love you less. It's just that right now, como que no encaja, right? That there isn't mm-hmm. a, an alignment right now. And if if someone can really understand, again, that doesn't say anything about them or about you. It's There's just a misalignment, right? And, and we need to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You, does that make sense? Yeah, Completely. for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, it, it also feels like sometimes, like my mom says, you don't need to tell any everybody your business. You know, you don't need to tell everybody what you're up to. You don't need to be kind of exposing all, all these kind of personal things too. Like you deal with it, you uh, put the yeah. work in, you go through it, whether some people understand it or not. And I love that you touched upon and, and that Jess also, you know, mentioned, you know, siblings, parents. We. And a lot of Latino families, we're raised by so many people, right? We're raised by our parents, our abuelos, our tios in other countries, our tias in other places. And sometimes we grow up with parent wounds, family mm-hmm. wounds, right? Mm-hmm. Things that we've lived, things that we've experienced growing up. And that at some point, we it's just really hard for us to let go. Doesn't mean that the love isn't there, but it's still something in here that we haven't completely let go of what mm-hmm. can you tell us what is a parent wound and how what, what is a parent wound yeah so you know this is like all the work that I do so I'm like trying to contain my excitement um <laughs> here because it's just so important especially you know as as adult children and so you know a parent wound is there there's a misalignment between what happened and what you wanted to happen you know, mm-hmm. we, we have fantasies, our parents, right? Yeah. We all have them, right. you know, we have fantasies about who we wanted our parents to be. We have fantasies about how we wanted our parents to react to certain situations. We have fantasies about how we wanted our families, you know, units to be. Mm. And, you know, that it's a fantasy for a reason, because, you know, that's not taken into account that they're whole as human beings with all of their stuff. Right. We're just thinking in our child's mind, you know, I don't know about you, but I used to like think my mom was like superwoman. There's nothing oh, yeah. that this woman couldn't do that was like bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when you know, I started to get older. Right. And I was like, hold up. Mm, wait, you're not mm. perfect. <laughs> you know, like you're actually <laughs> yep. majorly flawed, you know. And so for me, it was just like, like, how do I how do I negotiate? this, that this is a woman that I love, that this is a woman that has given me so much, but also some fucked up shit, you mm, know, like you, mm-hmm. you yeah. hurt me, you know, it's like, again, kind of going back to the, the, the both ends, right? A lot of times what we do is that we bypass our feelings, our, the mm-hmm. impact that our parents, you know, actions had on us. And we're just like, well, no, they, they were just doing the best that they could with, you know, what they had, or, you know, that's just how mommy is. Or, you know, they just like had it really, really hard, you know, coming to this country. You know, it's just kind of how they, they grew up. Yes. And mm. you still are hurt. They still did something or, you know, created a situation that really impacted you. And that is, you know, that, that's really hard work. It's not impossible work. Again, I've, I've done this with my mom 
I've been to therapy with my mom many times, <laughs> you know, but, but it, it, it's really about learning how to one, let go of that fantasy. Right. And that's right. just really seeing your parents for the human beings that they are. And I know that sounds like really simple. That shit is one of the hardest things adult children have to do is seeing their mm. parents for the adults that they are seeing their parents for who they really are. I mean, I think that's hard for, for us as human beings, right? We have, we project our fantasies onto our partners and to our friends and to coworkers, right? But really being able to see people for who they are, like all of their parts, that's really hard work because it literally means that we have to let go of a fantasy, right? It means that right. we have to let go of the projection, Right. So again, like it, like Oof. all this work really always comes back to us. Right. All of it. Yeah. So, you know, parent wounds, again, it's, it's so common. We all have them. And, you know, again, like you, there's another experience that's available to you. Should you choose, you know, to, to really lean into that. Uh, I mean, I think to your point, we absolutely all have parent wounds. And the interesting thing is I think that as we get older, we ask our parents to see us differently, but we don't want to see them differently. And that is, personally, I feel like I've been, that's something I've committed to, is like really like, if you're going to see me, and even sometimes my parents will be like, we'll stop when my parents will be like, okay, so as a friend, this is what I'm going to tell you, just to like delineate and, and really explain that difference. But it's like, if I'm going to ask you to see me as an adult and if I'm going to ask you to see me as independent and someone who's not going to always make the decisions that you would want, then I have to afford you that freedom of doing the same. And that's been challenging because to your point, you don't want to see your superhero with holes in their cape and be like, oh, you were yeah. never flying. You were just taller than me. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. So, <laughs> so it, it's absolutely... It's just like it goes back to that awareness that you're talking about, right? And us being able to like really be present and to be honest with ourselves and look at what it really is versus trying to create this fantasy in order to coddle. Because at this point, it's like we got to be able to grow up in ourselves, right? And, and, and find that solitude. So there's so much work that all of this entails. There's so much work because you're, you're, you're identifying the wounds, you're, you're being in the space and holding space for that wounds, which I think is just like one of the hardest things to do. And then you're actually going into the work and trying to heal. And you've mentioned that you've been in therapy for about 10 years or so, and you've done therapy with your mom. So how has that work felt for you? And how do you advise people when they're starting out and they're like, bitch, this stuff is, mm, no, thank you. I was fine. <laughs> you know, and they want to run because it's so hard. Yeah, yeah, no. And and that's that's real. You know, there's really no shame in that, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I, can't, I, should, I should share kind of how I got to therapy. Every time I say the story, I'm just like, Josie, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> So um, I was dating someone, you know, like in my early 20s, doing too much as per usual, mm -hmm. you know, like talking about like marriage and like, you know, I don't know. I just I thought it was hot shit. You know, mm -hmm. I had just graduated. You know, I, I got my I got my degree from Columbia and I had a car and, you know, I was working for government 
you know, I was like, can nobody touch me? Like, I am perfect, mm-hmm. right? So fucking annoying. <laughs> so I had a, a relationship of, you know, it was like three years or so. Um, again, why is a, you know, 23-year-old in a three-year relationship? I don't know. You know, <laughs> if anyone is like, listening, that listen, is listening, for real, yeah. if, if that's the only gem I'm you think from this episode, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> for me, I had no business being in a long-term relationship when I was anyway. But you know, we we you know we just got to a place where we were just like, ooh, yeah, this ain't working. You know, it was like constant fighting, and you know, it just we were not in a good place. I forget someone you know recommended that we go to therapy. He was down for it, and so you know, we ended up going to couples therapy and. Maybe like the third session in the the therapist is like, you know, well, you know, I, I'd like to see you next week. And so I like turned to my partner at the time, I was like, oh, you know, like I think something is happening next week. You know, like coordinating schedules. And the therapist is like, no, I, I want to see you next week. And I was like clutching the pearls that I didn't have. Like me. <laughs> what? He is the problem. What are you talking about? Like you want to see me? Like I was super offended. I'm telling you, I was terrible. Anyway. So, you know, I was like very hesitant, but I ended up, I ended up going, you know, I, I trusted him, you know, we were three sessions in, but, you know, he was able to like get to the meat of it all very quickly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I ended up seeing him for like a year and a half and he changed my life, you know? Um, I mean, I get now what he saw because, because I'm a therapist, but you know, all of my unresolved, all of my unexplored trauma was was coming out of my relationship, which is t- which is what tends to happen. That's very common, yeah. you know. And so, you know, I ended up, you know, we ended up breaking up, but that literally just like completely changed everything for me. That said, I was also kind of ready for that type of work. Yeah, you know. Mm. And so, I think that. That's a part of, you know, just like healing work that I think I wish got talked about a little bit more. Like you have to be ready for this. And when Mm. I talk about ready is that you have to have like a certain level of awareness. You have to have some knowing of kind of like what's happening, but, but, and and not even so much that, but you, you have to be at a place where you're willing to, to do the hard work. Right. I always mm-hmm. talk about like this continuum for readiness and some pe- people are going to be at different places, you know, mm-hmm. and, and don't shame yourself. I see far too many people, you know, because having a therapist now is super trendy. I see far too many people now wanting to get into therapy when they are good and well, like not ready for mm. this type of work. Like this is hard work. It is life changing work. But this is hard work, right? I mean, that's how change happens, right? It's a, yeah. it's a discomfort. Are there questions people should ask themselves? Like maybe like three questions they should ask themselves to see if they're ready? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I think if people can start to like identify patterns, right? Like dating the same people, having the same conversations, feeling the same ways, you know, having the same emotions kind of come up. Do you want to have a different experience? Yes, how committed, like how committed am I to, you know, putting in the work to yeah. have a different experience? What's my relationship with discomfort? There's, I mean, y'all are, y'all have therapists, so y'all know that mm-hmm. there's a lot of discomfort, right? That's not the same yeah. thing as like feeling unsafe, but there's mm-hmm. discomfort, right? So like, 
a question would be, you know, what's my relationship with discomfort, you know, and am I at a place where I can, I can be in relationship with it. I don't know that it ever goes away. Like I show up to my therapist. I'm just like, yo, I'm struggling a little bit here, mm-hmm, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm still there, you mm. know? So I, th- those are some of, some of the questions that kind of come to mind around, you know, like discomfort, am I ready to, to make the commitment? Right. And that's something that you can ask your therapist, like, can we like talk about, can you help me think through my level of readiness? You know, you could talk to a therapist if you're interviewing them, you know, because you're you know on a consult call or if you just started doing work with someone, you know, you can be very honest. Like, I, I think I want to do this, you know, like, can you help me think through kind of, you know, my own uh, readiness to do this work? You know, just like being able to have a transparent conversation. Sure. And, and even those questions too, right? I think it's like a, a level in your life when you're ready to ask yourself those questions, to put yourself in that position, because the work is, is not easy. Like, I, I feel like mm. I've been going through years of a lot of like healing and depth and a lot of shadow work. And the more you kind of dig, the more things come up. You know, the more you want to clear space, the more other, other, other shadows and, and other triggers show up for yourself. And, you know, something that I think really caught my attention, Josie, that you share was, um, awareness without application is just information. You shared it on your social media and and you talked about putting in the work, right? Sitting down with that discomfort, sitting down, whether it is to cry, whether it is to think about it, whether it's to like meditate on it, whether it is to go to therapy, and that the work actually does happen outside of the therapy room. Can you elaborate on this for our listeners? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think this is tied to something else that I was going to share, which is that, you know, we live in a capitalist society, right? So instinctively, you know, we are taught, we're groomed to consume everything, including our well-being. Right. And so there could be this like pressure that we feel to heal. Right. We, again, we, we talk a lot about healing. I, I see that obviously everywhere. Right. But there's yeah, less conversation trendy. about what that means. Mm-hmm. Super trendy. Again, like, listen, if I show you my DMs, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, again, there could be this, this pressure to do all of the things, get a therapist, meditate, get an energy reading, you know, do yoga, get acupuncture, like do all of the things Right? you have to be, again, awareness. Am I just consuming my healing or am I integrating my healing? Mm-hmm. Right. Which kind of goes to, to what you were, with your, your question around how the work happens outside of the room. Right. We only meet for an hour a week, let's say. It's just an hour a week, you know, how, yeah. how are you taking those insights and integrating them? How are you taking, you know, shadow work that you're doing, for example, and being mindful that when it comes up, how are you going to talk to that shadow? How are you going to talk to your inner child when it comes up? Because chances are she's not going to come up in our session, mm. right? But she will yeah. come up, you know, when you're talking to your mom, she will come up when you are feeling unworthy because your boss just said something, right? What are you going to do then? What are you going to say then? How are you going to, you know, soothe yourself? How, how are you going to take care of yourself? That's where the work is, you know? And so again, when you're kind of going back to what you were saying about, you know, your question around readiness, you know, that's hard work because you don't have another person there to kind of walk you through it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So are you ready to do that, right? You're not accountable to me as your therapist. You're accountable to yourself. 
right? Or at least, I don't know, that's definitely the way that I work, right? I, I, I'm not yeah. interested in keeping people in therapy forever. I'm not interested in becoming your crutch. Unfortunately, there are therapists that make a lot of money because they keep people in therapy, which is obviously unethical, but that's just not my style. You know, I, I need you to come in, let's do this work, let's get it going so that then you can go ahead and, and put your skills to use. You got a life to live, you know, you got things to do. So, yeah. Well, damn. Damn. I mean, she's like, you got to okay. Like, yeah, you got yes. <laughs> Keep it and moving. with that. <laughs> I know. And with that, Josie, I think we need to have you back. I think this is a part Please. one because this is just not enough time to get into everything. That's for sure. And we have so many um, questions from listeners too that that I feel would be would love to hear from you in regards to what they're feeling and what they're going through and all these topics are right now that are hitting different like uh, emotional spot in all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, it's it's a really special time, you know, right now, and I, and I think obviously, you know, uh, twenty twenty was kind of the start of that, and. You know, if I like to think of COVID, like that was like literally all the forces kind of coming together and being like, hello, you need to look within your home. You need to look within, you know, like you can't go out. You need to look within, you know, we need to look within all all of the again, kind of going back to like the systemic. we, We live in a society that literally makes money when we look outside of ourselves right? That's that's how consumerism works. So just imagine what it would be like if, you know, we kind of put a pause on that and actually looked within. We really lived from an embodied place, you know, and that doesn't mean that you have to like look a certain way or always meditating, like, listen, that is not me, but uh, living your life from an an embodied place where literally it, it comes from, from here, from your heart, right? From your center, is complete like it, it is I can't even put it into words you know and, and that is really like my wish and my hope for for all of us you know especially our community especially millennials especially people of color because you know as we were saying at the at the beginning you know a lot of our people just did not have the opportunity to do that hmm. I love that so much that's so beautiful yes, so just thank you again so so much I'm expecting every single one of y'all to be Googling a therapist yes. that is right for you. Uh, Josie mentioned to us, you know, that she has over a hundred people on her wait list. Mm. And, you know, while I think that's a testament to how much her work is resonating with people. And um, if you don't follow her on Instagram, you definitely should, because that's where a lot of the outreach that she also does is there. Yeah. Um yeah. But I think that it also just speaks to like how necessary it is that we have people who are culturally competent who we can speak with. Absolutely, 100%. And also a reminder to everyone, I think one of the reasons that sometimes we are uh, scared to even tap into, into therapy and like really go through the journey for ourselves and our healing and our growth and our personal growth um, is because of money, right? Mm. We think that we can afford it. We think that maybe our insurance doesn't cover it. I did not know this, but my insurance covers therapy, acupuncture, um, uh, a, ch- a chiropractor, like five or six sessions every four months. 
And wow. I was like, no, I was not using any of this until mm-hmm. I was like, I called and I'm like, just, I just want to make sure my, you know, my health insurance, what does this cover? Or how much would I have to be my copay if I would do, I don't have, I don't even have a copay for therapy. So wow. look into like for everyone, look into your health insurance, look into different programs. There's so many programs. We're going to be sharing a list of like uh, websites, a list of uh, resources that there's for community in terms of our mental health and, uh, you know, access to therapy. So, you know, go pick up the phone, check out these resources and do that for yourself. Um, for yourself it's been, for the future. Yeah. And right. even for the past, because I think Josie was even speaking of like the healing that it's been able to do for, you know, within her, her family. mom. Yeah. Like yeah, that daughter mom. relationship. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and it's just about recognizing, you know, when she talked about like the parent wounds and us being able to like see our parents from this like perspective of like, you can have hurt us, but also we can see you as fully human. Yeah. And both that almost made me cry. Uh, those two things can be true, right? And it's like, I I just, honestly, I could relive this episode every second of it um, over and over. And so we, you know, we don't got to do all that. You guys can listen to this as many times (laughs) as you want, but definitely, um, you know, we are going to always be advocates for mental health um, and for mental wellness. And so we just thank Josie for her time, for coming on the podcast. We appreciate you. We appreciate what you're doing for community. And um, if you want to follow her, you can follow her Josie Rosario on Instagram and Josie Rosario, Um, And you can follow us at Weight Holds Up Pod and WeightHoldsUpPodcast.com. We are about to drop some merch y'all in the next few oh, weeks you can look oh, out for that i'm very yeah excited. i'm so excited <laughs> i know me too and we just appreciate you all for listening for your support um it really means the world to us yeah thank you for the love thank you for the comments thank you for just being part of this community and if you haven't done so leave us a review on um apple Podcasts, it really helps and us building um, this platform in this community. And yes, make sure to follow us on all our, on all our social media accounts. Uh, we love you so much. Thank you for listening. Catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Wait, hold-